0: This is my exit plan. There are so many entries in those books I've got. I read out the journal pages that talk about what the author called a Maroi. But even in that entry, he talked about a Luca. Children of Lilith. He wrote so matter-of-fact about it, it's like it's something we should just know about, but we don't, or at least not anymore. We've convinced ourselves that we don't need to know this stuff anymore. It's just superstition, not a part of our modern science-bound world. The problem is most people simply don't understand what this thing we call science is. What it isn't. It's not an exclusionary world with walls and distinct lines, no. Science is nothing more than our currently popular way of learning about and understanding reality. It isn't reality in and of itself. So if someone observes a moroi, then by definition, a moroi is within science's realm. Observation and measurement are cornerstones. I know we can measure and observe moroi and any number of other creatures and phenomena that the layperson would say was outside of science. But you see, that isn't what science is. It's nothing more than a way to catalogue, describe and explain what we see, and make predictions about things we don't see, but expect to find. Anyway, I'm ranting, and you probably still don't get what I'm getting at. Or maybe I don't know what I'm talking about anyway. I've got plenty of reason to have scattered thoughts here. Listen. Today was my last day at work. It was a short day at least. I caught up with Heidi at the cafe as usual. But I keep doing that now, I don't work nearby. She spoke about how cute her little niece was, how her sister was doing well, and she told me, It would have been great if you'd agreed to come along. Gwen asked after you, and you'd have loved little Lillian. I don't know what she meant by, if I'd agreed to come along. I don't think she actually invited me, did she? Why would she want me to go see her family for a weekend away? So I got to work, and everyone just kept doing their thing. A couple guys wished me good luck as I packed all my stuff into a bag and left. No one invited me for a coffee. No cake. Was I that bad to be around? Smart? Funny? Reliable friend? Ah, oh, forget them. Even trying to get on this train was a bummer. I got stuck behind my old friend the listless shuffler again. We must have synchronized schedules. As usual, I tried to get on, but he stopped in the doorway, undecided and confused. I tried to catch his eye when he sat down, but he just looked past me with glassy, vacant eyes. I wasn't the only one put out either, so don't go thinking it's just me being impatient or rude. Plenty of other people pushed past and sighed or tutted and shook their heads. Another guy got on after me. He's sitting a few seats down the carriage from me now, just across from Old Glacier. He's wearing a hoodie and a scarf wrapped tightly around the outside of his hood. His eyes are hidden behind mirror shades, like aviators. He's wearing heavy canvas and leather work pants, like you might see in a machine shop. Steel caps. He's wearing leather gloves. I'm not the only person to notice this guy either. But, he's a bit scary looking. No, not massive. The bulk of his clothes and the oddity of it all is giving me that feeling he's... Armoured? He must be the same guy I've seen several times before. Near the, um... I have to admit, he looks like a Moroy victim as described in that book. What if the moron is actually a victim of a Moroy being drawn each evening to the lair of the vampire? To be drained slowly but surely of his life's essence. The other guy is the vampire... No, that doesn't fit. The Maroi is asleep during the day, only waking at sunset. The sun won't set for another half hour yet. Oh, I know. The other guy is David Gelstein himself. Now, over 200 years old and still hunting a Luca, he sustains himself by drinking the blood of the vampire as he kills it. Or, he's mentally atypical and just finds great comfort in being covered from head to toe. I mean, is he seeing me get on with the other guy and wondering if we're connected? They're getting off here. Ah, oh, stuff it. What else do I have to do? I'm following this guy to see the Maroi. <laughs> it hasn't been too hard keeping up with this guy. Uh, I'll call him Vic. Short for, uh, short for Victim. He's kind of wandering along the footpath heading east, away from the ocean. He took a right-hand turn into MacDougall Street. Uh, he doesn't seem to be heading to a cemetery, there aren't any around here, at least not in walking distance, and the sun is just starting to set, uh, it's hitting the horizon just to the right, what's that? Oh, I haven't been here before, ah, looks like a park of some kind, there's, there's a sign, Yeah, just a bit further, Vic is walking into the car park and heading to the footpath that leads deeper in. Into, um, uh, Neil McDougall Park. I wonder who he was. Okay, uh, we're walking along a path under trees. The shadows are pretty long here and there's only glimpses of the sun between the trees. There's a lake or, I guess, um, it's not big enough to be a lake. so a pond. It's fairly big. Uh, He's taken a left behind some trees, on the corner of the pond. Whoa! He's, he's just around the corner of a clump of trees, about, about 20 or 30 metres away. There's a brick building there, like a pump house, or maybe a utility shed, but it's, um, it's up against the pond. It's all brick, with only small slits, with obscured and barred windows up high. The sun is throwing deep shadows around here, since it's setting behind the shed. Vicky is standing just outside the growing shadow of the shack. Is this, is this really happening? Oh crap, the door's opening. Someone is coming in. What the? Oh crap, C- crap, C- oh, I've got to get a view of this. Just, uh, he's not showing up on the screen. I, can't. I can see his pale, bald, ugly guy. There's something messed up about his face, like heavy creases around his eyes and mouth. It's too far to make out, but he he isn't, oh, crap, he isn't touching the ground, he's floating. I'm not making this, I'm not making this up. I can't get a photo of him, oh, he's not, he's not showing up on my camera. Oh, the light sucks, but this guy's freaking floating, he's drifting like a leaf on a breeze. The shadow of the shed is, is creeping closer to Vic, so is, oh, God, so is it, Maroi. No way this is real. It's just standing there, swaying slightly. The Maroy is monstrous. That's what—that's what his face looks like, like that old Nosferatu movie. That like pointed ears and deep creases around the mouth and his eyes are I think wrong. Oh, I feel—I feel sick. The, the guy following Vic on the train has, has just stepped out from the other side of the shed. It's all rugged up. He's got a bloody spear gun. Holy crap! Mui's just been skewered and and the rugged up guys are hauling him hand over hand using the cable attached to the spear. Whoa! Moy just crossed the shadow into the last dying light of the setting sun and it's like exploding in a fire. Oh, it's, it's just like flash paper. Oh, the spear just dropped to the ground and Mui's gone. It's just some ash drifting in the air. Oh, the Vic seem to wake up. Oh, oh gross, he's chucking. S- the spear gunner is hoofing it back around the other side of the pond. Nah, no, it's a... It, frick it, it's a lake. Vic's walking quickly now. I... I can't even. I... I just can't. All, all this time, I, I just saw you as some idiot or something. I, oh god, I got... I gotta go. i to keep in the sun before it's all gone. That messed me up bad. I ran all the way back to the train station, jumped on the next train. I remember sitting there stunned. The woman sitting next to me, she was leafing through some handwritten study notes. She must have been studying forensic criminology or something because her notes were all about different blood spatter patterns and the factors that influence the way blood drips and lands on different surfaces. I remember so vividly because it was such a bizarre connection to what I just witnessed. Suffice to say I didn't sleep well that night. I haven't slept well in a while actually. That woman on the train studying blood spatter... Ugh. do more people know about this other side of reality than I think? but they just keep it quiet? Well, that's why I'm producing this. Next journal. my life. I can't get that guy burning up like that out of my head. I remember seeing the spear stick in his chest. It's like, whack! Just slid in there like you stick a fork into a melon and a fruit salad. He didn't flinch. The spear went in and he just turned to look at the guy who shot it. It wasn't until he was being dragged towards the edge of the shadow that he screamed. And then, he burst into flame. The sun just kissed his pale head and boom, it went up in a flash, totally burned up in just a second or two, like touch paper, or what I think touch paper acts like. That thing must have been Maroi. These books, they're written as factual accounts and encyclopedia entries. They're about stuff that can't exist, but that wasn't some hidden camera show I was watching. That, that um, Maroi drifted out of that shed like a leaf on a breeze. It was like he was not affected by gravity, like normal matter. And when he was hit by sunlight... uh, Could he be made of exotic matter from another universe or something? I'm just making it up at this point. I think I have to read those books. I don't know that I want to, but I need to. I mean, if Maroi are real, then what about vampires, ghouls, werewolves, goblins and trolls for crying out loud? Heidi was absolutely spot on when she said, I don't know how the world works. I don't think any of us do. Except maybe that, oh, that um, vampire hunter? Why was he dressed in such all-covering heavy clothes? Good old Davo in 1823 mentioned, and the touch of a maroi can drain life. Was the vampire hunter essentially wearing armour? I don't know. I think I need to find out. But, Was he seeking protection from the Maroi, or did he need protection from the sun himself? Well, there's so many questions and just no answers. I checked my phone again, and all I've got are photos of a brick shed at sunset. Nice photo, except there's supposed to be a spooky dude floating in them. Just a slight blur where he should be. It certainly explains why there's no evidence. I'm not sure that reading more of those books was the best decision of my life, but I think it was a necessary one. Up to that point, I was a drifting garbage fire rather than a real person, but learning all that stuff hasn't exactly led me to the life of joy and leisure I thought it would. I had fun for sure, but still, here I am sorting my journals into a podcast that be auto-upload and distributed in parts from different proxy servers around the world, in an effort to ensure this all gets out. I don't know if there's specifically anyone or anything actively trying to stop me, but I'm sure it's something that could be true. Maybe tomorrow I'll be able to come back home and cancel a series. I honestly don't know if I want to live past the night. But I can't forget... I can't forget Heidi and what happened. I have to at least, what, make up for that? Is that a thing? Redemption? Like, Like in the movies? Can it even be done? Uh, I would get this next journal sorted. This is my exit plan. Thank you for listening. The next episode will be posted at the same time next week. In that episode, the narrator decides he must learn more, so he delves into vampire and werewolf lore. Visit gravityundone.net to learn more.